Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Stripped by Sia, your podcast for strippers, sex workers, and all the fancy naked people in between. I am your host, Steph Sia. I'm the host of the show. I bring you new episodes every single Sunday, like it is today, on different topics um, in the sex worker community. So anything from porn stars or any kind of legal battles that are going through that we're going through, or if anything's happening, you say with OnlyFans, like we just did that a couple weeks ago strippers any kind of like basically anything to do with sex work I try to cover all of it and I try to mix it up every now and then and this week is no exemption exemption exception god (laughs) I can't remember the last time I recorded a podcast it's been a couple weeks but this week is a little bit different so I thought I'd mix things up a little bit by bringing on a really exciting guest who also has a podcast actually he has two podcasts and we'll get into a little bit about that later but he has a podcast called the angel at the starlight motel which i discovered on i think it was reddit when i was looking for new podcasts to listen to and i was like oh this sounds really interesting there was a bit of a mention when i was reading the synopsis a little bit about sex work in terms of stripping and escorting underage prostitution there was some mentioning of drugs and also a murder so it was that sounds like everything that's like kind of right down my alley I, I mean like as a person that studied criminology and who's a total true crime nerd I was like oh this sounds like really really cool and if there's sex work involved in it I'm really curious to see how this was portrayed and it's all based on a true story so If this doesn't sound interesting, I am sorry, but it sounds super interesting to me. So without further ado, I'm going to be bringing on my guest this week, host of the Angel at Starlight Motel and Dating Kind of Sucks, Adam Heath Avidable. Adam, are you there? I am here. Thank you for having me. (laughs) You are so welcome. I'm so like really, really happy to have you on um, and just kind of shake things up a little bit this week. Um, You have an incredible podcast called The Angel at the Starlight Motel, which we'll get into the details in a little bit. But yeah, other than that, I don't know much about you except for your Twitter bio, which also says that you're a comedian. And I think you're writing a book as well. Like you do a lot of things and you're currently on the road right now too. (laughs) Yes, um, I am a jackass of all trades um <laughs> i'm a former lawyer who never practiced law i'm a comedian who's taken a break from comedy after 10 years i'm a writer but i also uh, recently been living, i was living in orlando and i lost my uh, lost my home after my landlord of 11 years decided to sell it out from under me no. and i chose to sell everything i own so i'm on the road as a nomad right now while i'm working on my next book so and cool. um in the meantime, I, I have uh, yeah, I have two podcasts, Angel of the Starlight Motel, which I haven't done in about four months now, and everybody's dying because of it, mm-hmm. and I need to get back to it, and uh, dating kind of sucks as well. Um, I'm also a bunch of other things, but uh, that's that's probably and, you know the, the majority of it, I would say. Oh my gosh, wow. So you are a jackass of all trades. Yes, 100%. <laughs> that's so cool. Oh my gosh. And yeah, I mean, I, as I said in the intro, I kind of found your podcast, I think through a Reddit thread or something I was reading, trying to find some new podcast material to listen to. And then it kind of just like <laughs> caught my eye and caught my attention. And it's, yeah, like I listened through all of season one and I guess um, all of season two, I think, is there supposed to be a last episode? <laughs> there is. I, okay. I mean, that's what I. So right as I was getting ready to record the final episode of season two, I came down with laryngitis. Oh. And so I couldn't even try it. And then right after laryngitis, I lost, like I had forty days to move out of my house, so I oh my I couldn't do any recording. And um, and then I've been on the road, and I just haven't really felt in the space, like the mental space, to sit down and finish the episode. So I need to do it. It's it will be done. Oh my gosh, you are the ultimate cliffhanger. <laughs> no, no, I know, I feel so bad. I get messages probably at least once a week from listeners saying, when is the, the season finale going to come out? So, <laughs> Wow, okay, well, I mean, for, for listeners of my podcast, this gives you a ton of time for you to listen in and catch up, but even if you haven't heard of the show, or even if you haven't um, gotten a chance to take a listen, there's going to be a lot of mentioning in this episode about sex work how this kind of predatory behavior 
affects sex workers and also the story of obsession, the story of misogyny, so much stuff and so much problematic <laughs> behavior we're going to get yeah, into it all. it really is. Yeah, which I think we can, like, we can definitely apply to, I mean, our, our real lives as sex workers. <laughs> so I think it, this de- episode, don't skip it. It's still going to be worth a listen. So we're going to have a lot of great discussion today. But, um, yeah, like, <laughs> back to you, back to the Angel at Starlight Motel. Yeah, I was, I was really curious about it, and I was I was skeptical at first, I'll, I'll be honest. I was skeptical at first, because I was like, oh, there's, like, a lot of buzzy things here. Like, okay, we've got, like, the true crime-esque aspect of it. It's kind of like an, I would say, more of an audio drama. Um, <clears throat> and then you have your aspect of strippers, and we all know that sex sells, and there's a lot of glamorization around strippers and sex workers and stuff. So I was a little bit apprehensive at first, and then it was funny because, like, I was just listening to it. I think I was just a kind of walking around town or something, and I was, like, half listening to it. And um, actually, another friend recommended the show to me, too. Like, you should listen to this. And I listened to the first bit, but I was half listening, and I was like, ah, I can't stand this guy. And it was because, like, the way that the author, like, the, the author is voice, basically, and, mm-hmm. and I didn't know at that time that, okay, that's not actually you as right. the host. Yeah. <laughs> and then I had to go back and like, okay, like, let's start from the beginning and like, let's actually intently listen to this. And I was like, oh, there's somebody else telling this story. There's someone that wrote a book about this and is, and you are the person that's telling it, narrating it. it. Yes. And it's such a complicated, not, I guess it's not really that complicated of a story, but it's, it's such a bizarre story. And it, mm-hmm. it, you want me to, tell you the origin of the angel at the starlight motel like where it came from originally yes yes because there's a bit of a backstory too because you have a connection with um yes. Maggie Jackson. yeah so please let us know okay well so um there was a a club that i have a lot of friends with uh, a strip club in, in orlando mm-hmm. uh, called dancers royale that i go i would go to all the time my best friend was the bartender and she was the day shift bartender and so like i would spend a lot of time there um a half of the dancers at some point had lived in my house like i had i rented rooms out and they needed places to stay so i'd rent rooms out to them so like oh, i no was way. part of that community i did all the social media for for the uh, for the club for for a while too so like oh. I, I was you know very much i, I in fact I also officiated the weddings of, of two of the people that used to, that work there. So, no way. Oh, wow. I didn't like, know that. It, it, it's like my family, basically. Yeah. yeah. And Mandy Mae Jackson, uh, who is the uh, the star of the Angel of the Starlet Motel, was a, a new dancer there. And she and I just hit it off and invited her out one night to go see uh, Kevin Hart. Oh, and fine. so yes. Yeah, it was a great night. We went to Orlando. We were in Orlando, went and saw Kevin Hart. It was a great show. And then... Afterwards, she was just kind of like, I don't know, I don't want to say that might just be me now, things that, you know, actually happened. But she, like, well, let's just go hang out, some, let's go back to your house and hang out. And I wasn't in the mood. It was early. Let's go out. Let's yeah. go around downtown. Mm-hmm. And she said, I don't have my ID. I can't. So I was like, okay. Well, I dropped her off and I went out for the night. Never thought about it again. We didn't really, she kind of disappeared from the club for a little while. And I never really thought about it because that's the, you know, the, the, there's, there's a lot of, um, you know, you, you see a lot of, of, of dancers that come in and leave and yeah. you never, you know, they, they come in every now and then or whatever. Totally. And didn't really hear from her on social media at all. So I just, whatever. And then like several months later, might even been a year later, I was checking. I was like, I haven't heard. You know, maybe my time hop popped up with the picture that we took when we were at oh, the uh, yeah. at, uh, Kevin Hart. Yeah. I was like, I haven't heard from Mandy in a while. So I Googled her because I couldn't find her on social media anymore. Yeah. And to my surprise, um, she had been arrested for the murder of uh, her boss at another strip club. Right, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and so according to the paper, she had uh, gone out with him and then went back to his place and then uh, he unlocked the door or something for her boyfriend who came in and then there was a, there was an altercation. Mm-hmm. The guy got shot in the leg and then to escape, he jumped off his six-story balcony right. um, and died. And uh, the cops even thought it was suicide at first until they found the bullet hole and then they realized and now she and her boyfriend are in jail. Right. So... Yeah. So that that's the original story, and that yeah. was just that by itself is crazy enough. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, and I'm just like, oh wow, I can't believe like that. Like I was, I had that little weird little tie to, to Mandy. Uh-huh. But then I tweeted about it, and I tweeted about it just like this like Twitter thread that that went a little viral. Like yeah. it got picked up by like Mashable and 
Cheeseburger, all those sites that, like, do that. <laughs> yeah. Born Panda. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and, like, George Takei tweeted it, I think, maybe. But, uh, and anyways, <laughs> and so, like, two weeks after it went viral, I got an email at um, just a, one of my email addresses that, that I have public. Yeah. I, I got an email, and all I had was the link to this website. And oh. so I, and it had Mandy Mae Jackson as the subject. And then I was like, what is this? So I click on the website and it is, well, first of all, one of the creepiest fucking things I've ever seen in my life. Let yes. me just put that away. Yeah. It I've starts seen off it. with a, yeah. A, 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 have you seen the site? I have. I have. Okay. It is creepy. Have you seen the, the video that starts off with the site? Like, uh, the text? It's, it's, he spliced together some movie clips with like, I'll never tell. Yes. And it's like got this so creepy. So then <laughs> you go in and there's this book, this this book that he has written, this two hundred and fifty page book, this guy, this anonymous person who emailed me, all about his interactions with Mandy Mae Jackson and all of his um, basically time from the first time he ever hired her when she was underage or maybe of age not ever really sure about that yeah. um uh, in in miami and at a hotel you know motel in miami to to the current time and he is convinced that she was framed for the murder so right. he has written this book and wants someone to do something about it and as i read the book i was like i have to do something like i have to do something with this how, do you, how does this fall in my lap and i don't do anything so i decided <laughs> to create this podcast so cool. where i will read chapter by chapter and then do commentary with people who knew mandy and know the industry like you know people from the strip club etc um, yeah. and uh and do commentary on whether or not how, how realistic it is if it's bullshit etc and uh and, and one big aspect of this was my like my intro is very, trying to be very clear that i am not writing this book because yes. <laughs> The stuff he says is completely anathema to my worldview, and I was like, I do not want people thinking that I am saying these things, no. <laughs> but I'm just transmitting them to the world, basically. Yes, yes. And then it came. And now, that's where the podcast came from. And that is how it began. Oh my gosh. Wild in so many levels. Like, yeah, because basically I thought, like when I, when I told you, I was like, oh my God, I thought that that was you and I was just so disgusted about what I was hearing and I was like this makes me so angry I don't want to listen to this and I was like oh it's not I'm like okay and then there's commentary at the end and we got to dissect it so I was like okay this is really really cool so I thought that was awesome I really 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 like that aspect of it I'm glad and it's funny I've had even friends who listened to it that said sometimes they would get mad at me not like because they and they actually you know they know it's not me who wrote this book but they would listen to what he was saying and they would just get mad at me because i was the one reading it and they're just like ah, adam why are you saying these words you know <laughs> it is hard i don't know how like people who are like actors like who play villains do it because then yeah. like everybody hates you as, a, as the character you know yeah totally like it literally just made me sick because like this guy is seriously like fucked in the head which we'll get into the author who goes by the name of David, which isn't his real name. Um, no, it's not. No. No. <laughs> but um, I guess a question for you, just random. Have you actually read the entire book that's available online, or are you still like reading it chapter by chapter, uh, and this is like your real reaction kind of thing? I haven't. I actually wanted to just do a chapter by chapter so that I could take each chapter by itself and, and do commentary on that without trying to, because I, I felt if I sat down and read it, then I would forget, like, you know, oh, is this part already happened yet? Or is this mm -hmm. part, you know, did we already talk about this? And so this way, uh, oh, whatever I know is what the audience knows. Oh, wow. That's really, really, really cool. So everyone listening, try to listen to it. If you, if you can stomach it, it is a lot of heavy stuff. <laughs> in there as well so fair warning there but yeah let's let's get kind of into it too so i don't know maybe if you want to talk about the author david who is a really interesting character <laughs> he, he is and it's funny because i think he puts his own he puts david into the like into the book at some point like several many chapters in like he does it almost like it's an accident like oh you figured out my name mm -hmm. um even <laughs> though that's not his name and i have known his name since the beginning uh, mm. because when i first found out, I did some pretty googling and was able to find like facebook threads and things like that yes. where like he had deleted his facebook and, like people were still referring to him 
um, essentially oh. saying that she had been framed for murder and things like that on a like a now defunct Facebook profile that she had and things like that. So I was like, oh, this is his actual name. Yeah. But I didn't know much about him except our emails. And that's the thing is my first thing, <laughs> well, as soon as I got this website and had time to process it, was I emailed, I said, are you the author? And he said, yes. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, can I do something with this? I don't know what, but do I have your permission to somehow transmit this? And he was like, I was hoping someone might, you know, I want this to get out there because I think that she needs to be out of prison. She should, you know, she should not be in there. Mm-hmm. So like, and I hate to say this because this sounds like in some way it justifies him in any way. It does not. He, at the very end, he has some type of noble intentions. Yeah. Like the, this, this book and all the work he's done, and you've seen the website. The website, yeah. by the way, I'll, I'll just tell people because I, I don't. I used to try to keep it secret, and I realized I don't care. Mm-hmm. It's se- SeminoleScam.com. Yeah. If you want to go check it out for yourself. But be warned, it is a lot. It's a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, he has cell phone t- tower maps he's blotted out. He has all the stuff he's done. And, and, and like, he, so it's all with this idea that she was framed. Right. Right. Um, and so, like, that's at least at least the ultimate, you know, end. It doesn't justify the means, but it's there. No, no. <laughs> um, but he is just, you know, over time I found YouTube videos of him, so now I know more about what he looks like yes. and, uh, you know, and, and what he sounds like, which has always been something, you know, in your head you don't really know. And he and I have exchanged dozens, if not a hundred or more emails Yes. And he, I, 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 at some point, I need to just share all of the emails, and I'll probably put that on my Patreon at some point so people can just read them. But <laughs> he goes off on just rants for just like paragraph after oh paragraph after paragraph about his views in society are very black and white. Yep. There, there's no, there's definitely no gray area. I, I suspect, and I don't want to like, and I, this also does not. Um, mean that it's okay or excuses behavior, but I suspect that he is on the spectrum to a degree because mm. of the way that he reacts and answers questions is very, and he's an engineer as well. Um, so mm. like that kind of all needs to be it makes sense. Well, maybe his personality. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. He, um, like I, I did a bit of like perusing and like snooping on his website and I also know his real name and I also have seen like his YouTube videos and stuff too lots of sleuthing which oh, is kind you of fun. Found them too okay you found like their drone video or whatever I did I didn't watch all of them there's just a lot of stuff out there yeah. <laughs> a lot but yeah I was just like I, I even did you see his emails that he published between you and him on his website Oh, you know, I haven't been back to the website in a while, but I know that he at one point he got mad at me, so he published yes. emails from me. Yes. Um, yeah. You <laughs> so. handled them so gracefully. Like. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot. And the timestamps, uh, oh my god. I was like, oh my gosh, like, Adam hasn't even responded to, like, the last ten emails. Like. <laughs> oh, I didn't know. Has he done that recently? I didn't even know that. But yeah, I haven't responded to him in a while. Yeah. Um, because I just, I've been, I've been busy and I don't, you know, I, it's, it's not the priority right now, no. but he keeps emailing me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like he's very, he's very opinionated and, and I wanted to bring up the character of David, the character. He is a real person. Yes. <laughs> People. He is a real person. <laughs> this is not yeah. a TV show. He's a real person. But like, I mean, I wanted to, to, um, kind of highlight that a little bit because a lot of people would kind of share the same perspective as awful as it sounds um like his perspective on how he views women on and especially on how he views sex workers is uh generally generally problematic and i wanted (laughs) (laughs) i wanted to chat with you about that and see how you felt about that I mean, you know, when I, when I first started reading the, reading the book, and it was one of those things that I was just like, is this going to be something that's interesting? Like, is this just, is this a terribly written book? Um, <laughs> and then started reading how he, like, how he viewed just Mandy mm-hmm. was, was at first, like, I was like, this is terrifying, but, like, I can't stop reading. It's almost like, a, like, how he, his worldview is, is, it's addicting to kind of, like, how does somebody survive like this like how does somebody how does somebody live like this yeah and because he contradicts himself consistently like, <laughs> yes <laughs> at one point you know he talks about the fact that he like he doesn't enjoy sex because he's not a hedonist because mm-hmm. apparently only hedonists enjoy sex yes. and then the other time he's talking about how he must you know he has to have sex with her like he, yes. and, and that, that's the only point of being with her in the first place um but he doesn't <laughs> like 
he doesn't he's he absolutely loves her and mm-hmm. hates her simultaneously like yeah. he despises her on a cellular level and is at the same time obsessively in love with her and he doesn't under he has no ability to understand that at all no it's so crazy because like i i can definitely see like the love hate relationship that he has with her like he hates every aspect of sex work um he hates that she's with like black people this is another thing super yeah of course he would be though right (laughs) you're not expecting to be enlightened in that area no like it was just wild and the whole like justification aspect of it of like him having to have sex with her or like oh i had to have sex with her i'm like you had to you're making yourself feel better or right Because if he didn't have sex with her, then somehow, like especially the very first time, he was mm-hmm. trying to. First of all, the the and this this I don't think it's really spoils thing. It just kind of explains some things. Like the, the first time he ever found her was on Backpage. Yes. And the reason he went to have sex with her was to prove to some friend of his, who I still don't think is real, <laughs> that um, that you can find women to have sex without without having to fly them in from other countries i think if i remember correctly yeah um and like that so he's trying to quote unquote prove a point by going to have sex with a with an you know escorted in a cheap miami motel yeah which is a weird thing to do in general And, and like, and he's so like he's again he's he hates himself at the same time too mm-hmm. if you think about it. But like, um, yeah, I just one one of my fa- one of the favorite lines that he's ever written in it is when like the first time they have sex that he says that her body felt like a bag of tiny bones against his. Ew! What the fuck? I know it's like it's like it's <laughs> so terrible, but it's like it's like so descriptive in a way that makes you like shiver. Yeah, it's creepy. Like, um, I was trying to read the actual like excerpts from the book, and I was like, I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't get very far. It was very, very hard to swallow. Like, mm-hmm. very, as you said, like <laughs> very descriptive. I mean, he really likes writing. It shows. Yes. <laughs> But, I mean, there was, like, so many tangents, like, all over the place and, like, things not making sense. And I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> and I've asked him sometimes, I'm like, what happened here? Like, oh, you say something that happens. And I'm like, I want to know more about that. But somehow you skip to this. And he gets mad. And he's just like, well, you know, that's not pertinent to the story. So why would I say that? Or, you know, and, he, and his rationale never makes sense to me um, about why he skips around. But And, and he's right. not a good writer. But he has these pearls of, like, of just something <laughs> that are gripping. Yeah. I don't know what it is about him, but there's something definitely off. And I feel like if there's one person that's like this, there are many people that kind of share the same oh, sentiment. Absolutely. Here's a funny thing, though. He's not a Trump supporter. Really? I thought Does he... That- I thought he would right? be. <laughs> no, he, he like despises Republicans uh, and Trump as well. Like he is very much anti. Like he, wow, he is. Uh, yeah, he, he. That really <laughs> surprises me. He, he kind of defies stereotypes, which is which is is oddly uh, admirable in that way. I guess you know he definitely he has his own thought pattern, and he yes. does not subscribe to anyone else's belief yes. system. No, for, for damn sure. No, I mean like his. Uh, it's interesting what you said. He has his own belief system. He has his own rationale for doing things. Like, and you mentioned he's an engineer. So, like, I mean, my my partner is an engineer too. So they do, they tend to do things in like a certain way, yes, <laughs> a very yes. like, linear way. So one thing that I thought was interesting too, um, I think it was in season two of the show, was how he would go to strip clubs and he would go there to find the prettiest dancers yep. or something like that yeah his, his goal was to find and i i'm assuming try to sleep with yeah. uh, the hottest dancer at every club and so he developed this elaborate system to do so yeah a system right that's a good way of putting it and i thought that was really bizarre creepy and stocky and obsessive <coughs> and predatory and like so many words that i'm just like oh why why? Yes. Yeah. Like. Yes. And, 
and anybody who's danced knows these guys, know these knows these ones who probably you know who come in mm-hmm. and like think that they they think that because you're a dancer that it automatically means that you are providing full service, uh, you know, uh, services after after work. Right. Um, that it's just by default, mm-hmm. and you know they just that that's they don't understand how you could do anything else. Like well, that, that's just like a given to them. Right. Yeah. And I think that's like a lot of that's like a perspective that a lot of people not in sex work, unfortunately, carry. Yeah. 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 It's just like, oh, you're a stripper. So that means you always have sex with your customers. And I'm a stripper and I'm like, no. (laughs) Yeah. No? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I, I know I'm. They're all. I have so many friends that are that are that are, and mm-hmm. absolutely not. You know, and I have I known a couple who, yeah, who have like who Done will extras, yeah, sleep with people for money. Of course, yeah, I mean that's that. But I know people who are, I know a couple of people who are, you know, teachers who would sleep with someone for money too. That doesn't, you know, it totally. doesn't really mean anything that that if they're a dancer or not. No, no. But he has this thing in his mind, like. Um, he would think that it's like maybe more, say, accessible in a certain way. Like I don't know. He. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, it's it's essentially just a given, and 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 and, and especially when they're slightly older, which I think to him meant like mm. over thirty. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He called that older. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> <You know? laughs> And then he does not describe anyone who's older by any type of flattering terms either. No, no. And I'm like, I'm 31 and a dancer. <laughs> you wouldn't approve of me. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so I mean, like, it's just it's just odd how he behaves. But again, like, there is always that person in the club that is always going to try to want to get further with you. Um, this, mm-hmm. this happens to so many dancers. It's happened to me when I was last booked at the club. And it, there was a lot last time. There was a lot of requests last time. And I'm like, sorry, no, I guess like with the pandemic and everything. I mean, well, Florida, yeah. everything's been open over there. But here where I'm based in Canada, things have been shut down for a while. So like open mm-hmm. and closed and stuff like that. But um, I guess people are just hungry desperate <laughs> or lonely. desperate. Yeah, yeah, yeah lonely. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> But oh, let's, in Canada, um, yeah. full service uh, sex work is decriminalized. Uh, it's the Nordic model up here. So uh, portions of it are criminalized and some parts are not, which makes it also not good as well. Uh, so okay, it's okay. not I, I a great system. I from um, Ontario in, uh, on, on Data Kind of Sucks. Oh, did you? Um, who is a full, yeah, full service sex worker and, and uh, we just talked about all that and she did Fine. it out of her house and all that stuff and yeah, it was, it was really interesting and, and very enlightening. Oh, cool. I'll have to listen to that episode. I'll have to DM you after. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, the, the laws here are a little bit different um, but like there's certain things that you can't do like you can't live on, like some certain parts are, um, I wouldn't say yeah, I wouldn't say decriminalized, but like basically like you can't live off the means of they call it prostitution, you can't advertise, you can't do certain things, but then it's just like, well, how do you live as a human being if you can't benefit Yeah, you know what I mean? Like there's it's a lot of gray area and the language that they use in our legislation is super super complicated. And I've had professors come on to the show as well. Um, if you want to listen to parts of season two, there's um, Dr. Tulia Law that speaks about that. I also had Dr. Oh, okay. Tamara O'Doherty. And, if, and if for anyone else listening, too, those are great episodes who are obviously much more well-versed in that language. Um, even though I studied criminology, it still, it still it, like goes over my head with the wording. And I think they make the language like very confusing on purpose. So people won't question it, but (laughs) that's another topic. (laughs) They interpret it however they want as well, basically. Yes, and that too, which, I mean, they're super archaic laws. They were put in by um, the Canadian, the conservative government, which is almost the equivalent of the Republicans down in the States. So, I mean, if if you can imagine... It's on a similar vein, and that hasn't. I have heard that. Yeah. Yes, yes, and that hasn't changed in like seven, eight years now. So, but anyways, <laughs> side <laughs> tangent. My apologies. I mean, we also do tangents on this podcast, but they're still related. Um, <laughs> but I also want to bring the topic and steer the topic back to, I guess, towards Mandy and the relationship that he had with her, and 
I, I'm using the term relationship and like a loose term because obviously um, he had seen her quite a bunch of times. Like I would say that he'd probably be one of her regulars over the years. And um, that obsessiveness that came with it and that also comes through on the podcast in his book on the website. <laughs> yeah. Did you want to chat a little bit about that and, and speak a little yeah, bit about well, I, that? I think it, I think that's one of the, you know, I, I think that's probably common and, and I would share, I'm sure that anybody that has regulars can probably attest to that is there mm-hmm. becomes a level of familiarity with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has, at the once again, it's a self-contradictory thing. He has at the same time an awareness that what she does, you know, and, and uh, you know what she does for a living, mm-hmm. at the same time that he's calling it disgusting, like he he really likes to judge her for for whatever for how she brings in money, mm-hmm. while he is also giving her money for the same thing, and yeah. he has convinced himself that he is different, that he is special. <laughs> he's not he's not a customer. That you know he's more than that, and he does little tests, you know, with money where he'll give her a gas card or he won't reply and things like that, and you know, and and she still will never call him her boyfriend, no. even though he has wanted her to. No. Um, and he just desperately wanted a relationship with her, mm-hmm. even though we know that any relationship that he had would never last, because he talks about how as soon as someone did anything that bothered him, he'd like throw their shit out on the front, on like on the front yard. Literally, he did that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. only did he do that, but she had his her furniture at his place. Yep. And he was so mad at her that he took the i think it was a hutch or something that her grandfather left yes her. yeah i remember that and the left it and brought it, brought it out on the curb and then went out with an axe and smashed it to pieces yeah and then later on felt bad and brought all the pieces to her father in case they wanted to put it back together that's so fucked psychotic yeah like, like you can't <laughs> make this shit up no, right? And, I was like, and he's the one telling this. He's like, yeah, this is what I did. And he has no guilt about it and no. No, like no remorse whatsoever, but also no acknowledgement that it's even the slightest bit unhinged to do no. so. No, like, does this guy not have any boundaries or any kind of like, okay, like a red flag is going up here. Like, maybe I shouldn't do that. Like, there's no inkling in his body, I don't think, that is like, maybe this isn't okay. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. He just he just acts as purely as impulse and, and has no, yeah no ability to process his thoughts until afterwards mm-hmm. and it's it's terrifying although he does have the um, the forethought to record sometimes like he'll set up a camera to record before he does things or when he thinks something's going to happen we have a there's a <laughs> bunch of weird videos of him like arguing with the cops when she called the cops and things like that too oh my gosh yeah like and like how he's so entangled with her family too which i thought was really intrusive um yeah (laughs) holy crap like i mean just like the fact that he like in any way like is is tied to her family like i have to i i really wish i could sit like ask her father i'm gonna guess her father is a piece of shit i'm just gonna like Mm -hmm. take a stereotypical guess and and gonna just suppose that her family's probably not the best no not the best environment to be raised in in any way but but what does the dad have well like i wonder what her dad thinks when when he sees this guy who's his age basically wandering it and to talk about mandy yeah yeah it has to be Odd. I, I don't, don't want to imagine that kind of conversation, but like I'm also curious know. too. It's it's just so wild to me. Like, uh, it's uh, I, I'm shuddering right now. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's like it's so hard to describe like this podcast to people. Like the when, when I try to describe it to them, and then I'm just like, if you just listen, you'll understand. But it really is hard to tell people like what it's about because it's just it is it's something that I would love eventually like for to finish it and have like Netflix decide to turn it into like a Tiger King type of show because I think it needs that like I, I really feel like it needs some type of faux documentary thing oh absolutely I think yeah it has the potential for that for sure <laughs> absolutely um I also want to chat a little bit too um because it is basically a book that you are reading and you're reading excerpts of it obviously language is is a huge thing on like how he refers to sex workers and i really i really really liked your your commentary actually you yours and uh lisa's and and marcella i thought was great too how you would kind of correct um 
the language there and refer to us as sex workers, which I thought was great because the language that David, the author, used um, are often more derogatory, like terms that we kind of, yeah, like kind of like no longer use unless we're kind of using in jest. Um, Unless you are, I, I know some people may use these terms to describe themselves, but like the terms like hookers and prostitutes and he refers to strippers as like skanks and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's, let's yeah, chat. I, I, <laughs> yeah, but it, it is funny. And also, anyone listens, uh, Lisa is uh, she's uh, was my commentator for the first uh, season and a half, and then she got busy with work, so I had uh, Marcella come in. But Lisa was a bartender at uh, day shift at Dancers, and yes. so. She doesn't give any any fucks about proper language, so she, 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 she <laughs> yeah. like we get into it. She's like, I just like the word hooker; it just sounds better. And I was like, Well, I agree. Like <laughs> phonetically, like it's got a nice ring. It's got to a ring it, to it, yeah. Yeah, but let's try to avoid using it. Um, the one that I still <laughs> wrestle with is prostitute and prostitution, just because. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think maybe it's the lawyer in me, because like legally, that's the term, yes. and like that that word has such a like it, it actually mm-hmm. is a specific word, whereas sex worker can be such a broad it's thing broad. that covers so many. You know, I mean, I have it. Fans, I'm so I, you know, I'm a sex worker as well, and, and mm-hmm. like I, and, and and I think that you know, like it's versus prostitution when you're the full service uh, escort, you know, and so a full service sex worker. So it, yes. there's a lot of terminology, but I, I very at the very least wanted to at least be like, let's think about the language we're using. Mm-hmm. Um, these are these are you know, I, I try to I'm, I'm, my my goal in life right now is uh, I try to be very um, very vocal as an ally mm-hmm. and so that's one aspect as well is that sex work is work yes. people who do sex work are normal people yes. who deserve respect and consideration and everything you would give to any other human being and so that's the that's the important takeaway from that 100 percent. because like i remember reading I, again when i was attempting to read um like bits and pieces of of the actual book that's available online i remember and I'll read it from here too. But again, in David's words, not your words, the author's yes. words. <laughs> but he said to me about, but the general irrationality of strippers has long been a curiosity to me. I would say there is a reason they become strippers. Their minds are not functional. You are stuck on your own experience. The strippers are normal girls who are really independent minded and not inhibited and choose to strip. You have an agenda to normalize sex work. That has nothing to do with who Mandy Jackson is. I think that was an email to you. Or oh. some kind of response. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I called him out on that. And I was like, you know that not every, you know, like, I think I was trying to, like, I was trying to educate, educate him. him. Yeah. It, it, it did not work. No, no, you tried. It was admirable, though. <laughs> It was A for effort, but yeah, no, he, yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's the contradictory thing, too. So at the same time, he says that, um, that, that like, escorts that, that or whatever are, are women that, that don't have fully developed minds, that strippers are, are women who are independent and, and strong-willed, who have, you know, made their own destiny, but, but people who have sex for money are not. But at the same time, he thinks that anybody who's a stripper is willing to have sex for money. So, like, he... <laughs> He you know contradicts himself with that and try to draw this weird distinction between what Mandy was and what a, a stripper is in his in his eyes. Yeah, yeah. Like... And, and and then at the same time too, he says that um, that, that like he obsesses over this fact that Mandy has a brain disorder. Oh yeah, from, yes. From getting into a go kart accident when she was a you know young early teen adolescent Mm -hmm. and that she's eventually going to have some weird awakening when she hits like 27 28 and does not see the problem that if this is someone that has the brain of a child according to him why are you constantly having sex with her right Right. Like, like yeah. how, how can you justify, how can you feel at all okay with that? That's... It's the, gross. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. It's super, super manipulative. It's exploitive. It's misogynistic. It's everything that's kind of disgusting and, like, reasons why I hate <laughs> certain <Yes>. men. <laughs> and why, yes. yeah, all of that. And it's, as you said, like, super contradictory behavior. And it's, it's really interesting because he's also strangely like protective over her and I think that's where like the loving aspect Mm -hmm. comes from and this kind of goes into like the whole like the savior complex bit of yes you know like a lot of clients 
will try to quote unquote save girls from the club or save um, save their providers or try to get them to stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> it's it's interesting because over the years, I've I've you, I would say that I, I've really tried to grow as a person, and I think that I am not someone who I liked ten years ago. Like who I like, I mean, I am someone I like now, but back then I wouldn't have liked who I was, and mm-hmm. I, I was actually just as bad in that sense. Oh, and so I could actually really like I can really explain it because I, I was like that. I when I first started going to like strip clubs and stuff, mm-hmm. I felt this need. My friends called me Captain Savaho, you know, like that was the thing because I would find someone and try to rescue them from their own life that they had chosen, you know, and, and not mm-hmm. not with any here, let me like empower you, let me let me be a support system for you, but a let me bring you away from all this so you never have to do it again, regardless if it's something you enjoy doing or you want to do, etc. And it took me a while to realize how, uh, you know, that that was also the same person who I would put women on pedestals and not understand that that's just as misogynistic as staring women down. Like, that's that's just as bad. It took me a long time to realize how to be an actual ally and not someone who was just essentially doing it for my own ego. Um, So it... The savior thing is is a is a huge issue, and I, I know mm-hmm. s- so many dancers who had um, who started dating somebody they met at the club, and then yes. the person was, oh, I don't want you working there anymore. Now that's not really, I guess that's yeah. not really actually the savior thing. That's just guys who are like complete idiots and yeah. toxic and insecure yes. and jealous and can't handle, you know, her. But mm-hmm. but the, this idea of rescuing is is is, is it's <sighs> the viewpoint is that you're trapped in this that you wouldn't be doing this if you could do something else and it's very demeaning to have that to to, to think that way yeah 100 percent. because like who are you to make that assumption right right and and it it is it is something that you know we uh, i think men are kind of trained that you know that we're we're trained or told by society that women are weaker which mm-hmm. anyone who actually knows women knows how untrue that is. Like, if we're to look, I mean, you know, just women are, you know, they can handle more endurance. They're emotionally stronger. You know, yes. men are the most emotionally with weak people out there. You know, like, <laughs> just think about the men throw temper tantrums as soon as anybody says no to them. I mean, you know, can you imagine if women did that? And yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. But, um, but you know, we're, we're trained to think this. And, and, and then, as, so then we see someone who is usually, especially, Especially as like a dancer or something, someone who is tiny, because mm-hmm. most dancers are, are obviously going to be that petite size, mm-hmm. and it brings out this: oh, they must be weak. They they need us to save them. Um, they need us to swoop in and you know and just carry them away where they never have to worry about a thing in their pretty little head, you know. And, and it's just it's so toxic. It's super toxic, and like I mean. I haven't had I haven't had experience with that like I have had a boyfriend that like said they were okay with it before and I was like hey I'm leaving everything on the line for you I I do this I do this and that and then of course as we got further into the relationship he was like actually I'm not okay with it I'm like <laughs> of course right <laughs> of right, course right. but no you you had it um, provided a really really great explanation of what this like saver complex. Um, is because unfortunately that does happen a lot i'm not trying to i'm not trying to discount those situations where people are forced into this type of work like exploitation and trafficking i'm not um talking about that all because it does happen but like talking about this like on my show it is all about like people who are consenting to be in this type of work that's what sex is right so that's really interesting um and really interesting, too, that you brought up, like, your own personal aspect about how you were kind of, like, toxic, like, <laughs> like a misogynist before, because, like, I remember reading something on the internet about you, and I was like, should I bring him on? Like, if people find this, will people be mad at me? But I'm glad, I mean, that was a long time ago, so I'm really, really glad that you were able to own up to that, and, um, mm-hmm. as you say, are a reformed misogynist. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, several years ago, I, I actually, when, when the whole Me Too uh, movement came about, I, I wrote a whole post. I used to have a really big audience in the blog world, and I mm-hmm. and I uh, wrote a whole blog post about 
here's all the shit that I've done. Like, you know, we like we've all done stuff we're not proud of. It's all about trying to grow. Here's a list of all the things that I've done in my life that I'm not proud of. And, yeah. you know, from, you know, just like you, well, most of it was pretty minor things, too. Like, I had mm-hmm. an affair when I was married, and mm-hmm. it was my employee, you know, mm-hmm. which is it is not minor in, like, my personal life. But as far as, you know, like, other things goes, it's not it's not this, It's it was two consenting adults, et cetera. But there was a power dynamic in it, et cetera, that, that, was, that was changed uh, from that. And so I wrote about this, and it blew up in a bad way. Like, I think I just, it was the wrong time, type, uh, maybe to come up with something that was, like, uh, <laughs> So literally painted, like painting a target on, my, on myself. Um, yeah. But it also gave me a lot of time to think and be like, have I just been performative in my in my actions, or have have I actually been you know productive? Have I been doing? Yes. Uh, am I believing what I do? Am I doing what I believe, etc. Mm-hmm. And that helped too. That helped me like even take it a step further because I was happy with myself when I wrote that post, and I'm still mm-hmm. stand by every word that I wrote in that. Totally. But at the same time. I wanted to like l- let me continue to grow. Let me try to listen more mm-hmm. and talk less. And that that's that's been kind of my mantra since that period. Is I need to continue to listen, and because uh, I can be, uh, I can be very presumptuous and I can be very authoritative. Only be- I think it's just my voice, my stature. I'm used to everybody following me. I'm used to everybody coming up to me for advice. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it's always been who I am in my life, and I sometimes get into my own head with that and I need to learn to step back and that was a lot of it like I I've made amends to anybody that I ever mistreated but I also realized that even if some of the things I did were minor like like saving savior syndrome like you know trying to find a dancer and be like let me take you away from all this in the long run I had good intentions it just you know I was never never toxic about it but it was Mm -hmm. never healthy and it was never a good idea and I did not have the respect for them that they deserved at that time and now going back it's nice to be able to look back and say okay that was shitty behavior and now I can easily maybe point that out in other men and be like no that's that's bad it might seem like a minor red flag but no that's going to lead to something worse later on if you don't if you don't stop it now yeah totally that's that's really great and like I'd love to hear I mean maybe we could just quickly go into like how can you be a better ally as like a cis white male because that's a lot of questions there are a lot of cis white males and like a lot of civilians and non-sex workers that listen to the show as well so that's always like a big question so how would how would you like what kind of advice would you give (laughs) This is going to be really funny, but like it might sound funny, but I would say that the first thing that any cis white male can do, learn how to wash your own ass, and and like and, and I I really mean that because I feel like the there's like this unwashed ass syndrome, and what that usually leads to is are toxic men and mm-hmm. toxic masculinity because the problem I think is not necessarily cis white men, it's cis straight white men mm-hmm. who are like violently straight like that is their identity being straight and they are so terrified of whatever thoughts might be in their head they they're refusing to ever accept the fact that sexuality is actually a spectrum yes and it's a bunch of shades of gray it's not black and white very few people are a hundred percent straight or a hundred percent gay there's usually some flexibility (laughs) and i think that if men can learn, like, you know, the, and so that first step is literally learning to wash your ass, learning that you have an ass. Don't be afraid <laughs> to play with your ass, you know, like, because that leads you to, like, oh, look, you didn't turn gay when you touched your ass. Imagine right? that. Like, that that's really is, like, a fear that so many of these men have. Totally. I and, see that. <laughs> and and if they could just embrace their sexuality and start to realize that they're shades of gray, I feel like they can become better allies because then they start to learn a little bit of empathy because, totally. like, I'm, I, I'm, um, I'm pan. Mm. I guess I'm pan, pansexual. Yeah. And coming out publicly as pan and being able to, uh, you know, ally, uh, be, not just be an ally with with my my queer friends, but to say, you know, I also I also have, you know, I'm queer too. Mm-hmm. Um, gave me that ability to really, I think, it didn't give me that ability, but it allowed me to tap into empathy a little bit better because totally. Um, I, I can see the uh, judgment that you can get from these straight white men. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's that's a great one. I've never heard of that kind of aspect before. So thank you for bringing that on to the show for our listeners, because then um, I welcome all different perspectives. And it's just so refreshing and enlightening to hear something else. So thank you for that little bit. (laughs) 
<laughs> the, the, the incels on TikTok get so mad at me because one of oh the things God. that I'll do is I uh, usually say uh, for men, like when I give tips for men, I'm usually like, and remember that everybody is a little bit gay. And oh, yeah. they go batshit insane over that idea. You know, it's just, <laughs> they cannot handle it because most of them have had some type of thought in their mind and they, that they've buried down because they're so afraid of it. Yeah. And I think that if you stop being afraid of it, you stop being so toxic because that manifests itself as toxic behavior. Totally. Oh my God. And like incels are another topic. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Do not want to get into that today, but I mean, do you tackle topics like this on your dating kind of sucks podcast as well? Or like tell us a little bit about that. We do for, for a little bit. Uh, it, it's, it's evolved more into that um, over time. Mm, it started off just as two people talking about dating and just yeah. like sharing our own crazy stories with transparent, like extreme transparency with no, no boundaries. And Fun. then doing a takeaway and then, However, I started becoming very vocal on TikTok and standing up and trying to really support women and be not anti-man, but anti-toxic, you know, masculinity, masculinity anti-misogyny, totally. anti-patriarchy. And I've seen that now, now I've started to try to bring more of that into the podcast because I think that's Good. what we need to really stand out. Yeah, that's super progressive in, in nature. So I'm really, really glad I'll have to listen to more of those episodes, add that to my podcast playlist. So... <laughs> <laughs> But we'll talk, we'll be sure to plug those links um, at the end of the show and they're going to be in the show notes if you haven't checked out already. But I think now is probably a good time to move over into a few of the Q&A that came in from, um, I guess, Twitter, Instagram, sure. Facebook um, and stuff. So we'll just get into it. So a popular question and <laughs> we kind of addressed it earlier, but I'd love to know if he's going to finish or if that's all. I know he had some health issues earlier in the year. Yes, I will absolutely be finishing at least season two. Now, there are two more sections of the book. I want to assess if they're too um, technical because I know he yeah. starts getting into the court stuff and, and yes. the court transcripts and everything. And I don't really have any interest to read <laughs> a bunch of like just boring court transcripts yeah. or procedural things. Dry. So I may adjust the formats for season three and four depending on, on how the book is uh, laid out once I get to that point. But I will finish season two. Um, ideally, I'm, I'm saying, what is this? This is September. Mm -hmm. By the end of September, I hope to, to be, you know, have it done. Yay. Well, your laryngitis sounds like it's gone and your voice sounds yes. lovely. So I'm also looking forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> good. We've already recorded the commentary. That's the funny thing is Marcel and I already oh. recorded the commentary. So all that I have to do is just do the reading. But it's a long chapter and the reading mm -hmm. is actually the exhausting part because I, I try to read it with, you know, a little bit of uh, flourishes and drama <laughs> and everything. Oh, it's good. I'm just like, wow, you got a total like movie voice. I'm like, I can't stop listening even though like... <laughs> Even the content is horrible. Like, <laughs> right, right. And I would say, like, um, Marcella is awesome. I love, 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 love Marcella. So I'm so glad you brought her on. <laughs> yes, she's great. <laughs> she's great. It sounds like Adam went on uh, a date with Mandy whilst this guy was around. Did she ever talk about him? Uh, was he aware of him when they dated? That is a great question. And when this first, I started first reading the book, I actually tried to find, because he writes the, and everything kind of chronologically, mm -hmm. the time that Mandy and I went out to see if he mentioned it or brought it up at all in any way to see if like she had t talked about us going out at all. Um, and Because I would go into the club and she and I would sit there and chat for a while. And I'm not the type to buy dances um, mm -hmm. uh, if they're not someone I know. Like I'll do that to support somebody, but I'm just, I, I don't usually go in there so I, I don't want to waste the dancer's time. I let them go make money from people who are going to pay them lots of money, you know. So totally. uh, she'd usually come and just chat with me for, for a while when, when no one was in there. And then I was like, go make your money. Go dance with people. So we talked for a bit, and she never brought him up in any way whatsoever. Like, I had no idea this guy existed. Yeah. And so that and, and apparently he had no idea I existed either. Yeah, but, like, as a, at the same time, like... If I had clients, I probably personally would never bring up other clients when I'm with other people. Like that, yeah. Like for me personally, like I just feel like that would never ever happen. That would, that just seems like a no-go area. 
Well, it, it, it would be, except that when we when she and I would chat, she'd be like, oh, yeah, that person, blah, blah, blah. Like, she would tell me about her, like, uh, regulars and what oh, they were. Yeah. Uh, if, if people were weird or whatever and stuff like that. Because I think that way, because I wasn't really a customer. I wasn't really a, I wasn't really an employee. I was kind of in this weird gray area. So yeah. I was somebody that was, like, okay to talk to about these things without it feeling uh, bizarre. Yeah, that's true. You are in that kind of, like, interesting, I don't even know what to... <laughs> classify you as like a friend like i don't know (laughs) and that's the thing like i got invited to all the you know customer the uh, all the employee parties i was there for like i said a lot of the you know i had dancers living with me all the time um as well so i was just kind of like people just assumed that i worked for the club in some capacity a lot of times right yeah so i mean like yeah that i would understand because i would (laughs) like i'd be complaining to the dj or like complaining to like the bartender (laughs) same kind of thing so okay cool Mm -hmm. cool um, what was it like being bombarded with emails from David? <laughs> I mean, they're always interesting. I usually forward them to uh, Lisa and Marcella to read as when they're when they're really intriguing. Um, and mm-hmm. sometimes I try to reply. Uh, sometimes I just don't have the emotional energy because mm-hmm. he can be a bit much. I can't, yeah. and it makes me realize that I can't imagine what he's like in person. Like it, I feel like he's either probably robotic or. <laughs> Like, uh, you know, just a, a fire hose, you know, like probably one or the other. And, and there's probably <laughs> no in between. No, no, it's one or the other. He's like, as you said, he's like super, super like black and white. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's uh, something <laughs> I hope to meet him. Like, I really was try- I wanted to meet him like just be like, let's meet up for a drink or some at some point, you know, but then I ended up leaving Florida. Maybe when I go back, uh, when I'm when I say I'm going to be visiting again in the spring, I'll uh, try to set up something. Yeah, that was gonna like that was the next question for me actually. I was like, "Have you ever met him?" <laughs> no, not yet. And I'm trying to set up visitation with Mandy too at the oh. Ocala, the Ocala Women's Prison, uh, because I would love to in my in my dream originally like finish this podcast and then the final episode would be me sitting down, however long it needed to be, would be sitting down with her recording and us just talking, and yeah. that would be like the finale. That would be so. awesome. And that was the next person's question. It's like, when are you going to bring Mandy onto the show? So I guess we'll... Yeah, we'll yeah she and she's, you know, she, I've messaged her a couple times and she's not great at messaging um, back, but we've messaged, we've emailed back and forth a few times. She is, um, I think, a little, uh, she somehow thinks it's going to get her in more trouble. Oh, um, I see. But I think, and this sounds, and this is, I, I feel guilty even saying this. I think if I offered her money, she'd be fine with it. Yeah, I mean, like, and I, you know, I feel bad saying that, but I'm like, if I'm like, hey, listen, I'll put a hundred bucks or two hundred bucks in your commissary mm-hmm. if you, you know, you may put me on your list and be, you know, to come in and talk to you, uh, then I think she will. No, and I know where you're coming from. You're not saying that from like an like. A, I know it sounds really bad, but like, <laughs> if you've listened to the show, you might understand. Okay, well, she's motivated by money. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. But yeah, like I think you might be right in that aspect. So that would be a really, really cool episode. I would love to hear that. Like I would love to hear things from her perspective. It would it would be interesting. I think yeah, people would be surprised uh, to hear like just her. I mean, it'd be nice to hear her voice and like because we all we hear is David's voice of her. Yeah. And and my recollection of her and Lisa's recollection of her, but we don't actually get to hear her. And From so her, I think that yeah. would be that would be good. It would be so good to have like to like give her voice, right? Because like I feel like yeah, everyone else is speaking for her, but right. Yeah, like what was she like? Back then, I'm sure she's she's just like completely normal. <laughs> yeah, she was just you know she was nice. She was you know um, she was nice and she was a little shady, like basically, mm. you know, like it was mm-hmm. just like everything she said. You always like I don't know if I believe you 100, percent but um, <laughs> but you know like but he, she was just but she's also very um, enjoys like she like he he actually does talk about in the book like you know her dogs and like she would like she likes the things that girls in their 20 early 20s like you know yeah. like the same like that she's no different than any of that you know like uh, totally. she took pleasure in small things and uh and was genuinely like a nice person just to hang out with and chat with because she could just talk about anything totally and that's like a skill that so many of us sex workers and strippers like that's definitely part of our job like we have to have great customer service skills we have to have like you know great interpersonal skills too like mm-hmm. you know we're all just pretty kind of normal 
it's like, you're basically a psychologist is what you are. Yes, and that too, right? Because you got to like deal with everyone's problems <laughs> that they try to touch on be, you. Be a good listener sometimes. Just sit there and just let people share, and then they feel a connection with you as well. It's it's, yeah. it's like psychology and sales uh, put together, which is, you know, two very important skills in life. So many, yeah, so many great skills that you learn from, from stripping in all aspects of sex work, but... Yeah, I mean, there are, there are episodes dedicated to that, so y'all can listen <laughs> to those episodes yeah, back. Absolutely. <laughs> I, know, I know I will. <laughs> Perfect. And I guess, like, the last question here is, do you think that Manny Mae Jackson is guilty or innocent? I, for right now, now, I haven't read all this evidence that David's collected and everything yeah. like that. There's um, a lot of I think, I, I never, I don't think she ever had any intention of robbing him i think Mm -hmm. that she makes terrible decisions when it comes to the men in her life yeah and that her choice to date scott love Mm -hmm. who from everything that i've heard is an absolute garbage human being yeah and um i think he saw an opportunity and went to take advantage of it and she was either caught in the caught in the crossfire like in the sense that she was just there or from what i've also been hearing from what david's been emailing me she wasn't even actually there when it happened like they they sent her downstairs to do something or they or she did like coke or something that like knocked her out like she she was just like kind of zoned out and doesn't remember anything and so i don't think it i don't i i do not think that mandy may jackson has a malicious bone in her body though no. And so maybe, you know, she could get, could have done some time for being involved in this, but um, two life sentences for murder is is absolutely um, a ridiculous uh, sentence. And I think that that is, that, that is, that's, that's not fair. That's not no. equitable. That's not, that's not at all appropriate. No, absolutely not. And um, yeah, I mean, I read some things too about where, like how David was kind of, portraying um and describing the i guess this the scene of like what happened i don't want to spoil anything for anybody but yeah like i don't i want to say that she's innocent so yeah Yeah. i don't think she should be doing like that much time for no i mean i could see like somehow because they they found the you know they found credit cards or whatever with her and things like that like which i don't think spoils anything that's uh, that we talked about in the beginning early but but like uh, things like that um and so, like, yes, there was, she had ties to it, but yeah. um, even as nice as she was, she's also <laughs> she's not the smartest person in the world either. And she right. and and she wants and she has a desperate need for men to like her. That yeah. is that is something that I will say. Mm-hmm. And so I can see her going along with whatever she thinks her boyfriend wants her to wants you know tells her to do because she wants him to be happy. Of course, yeah. Like she's she's loyal to like a flaw, and I would say like. Yeah, that's definitely, like, one of her character flaws, I would say, is mm-hmm. just maybe being involved with s- some wrong people and being, yes. especially Scott Love, from what I've read, sounds like, yeah, as you said, a total trash fire, um, garbage human being. <laughs> so, yes. yeah, I mean, it's terrible what's happened to her, and, like, I feel like she should have gone in, I mean, in Canada, she would have maybe gone manslaughter, or like being charged with like aiding and abetting, but yeah, yeah, not full life sentence. Two full well, life sentences. Right, two life sentences. Yeah, when we get yeah. in, when we get into the trial, I think it'll be um, we'll be able to really see um, like if they screwed up because uh, it's my understanding just from the basic that I the, the whatever skimming I've done mm-hmm. is that they did screw up. Like they they yeah. the way that they um, defended her was was completely inappropriate and the prosecutors weird something weird about how not allowing to prosecute both people at once even though they're both they were doing the same crime and everything yeah, yeah it, it sounds it like a, a, an absolute um kangaroo circus as as far as the courthouse was concerned yeah so we'll get into that we'll see what happens in seasons three and four and also season two finale so Y'all will have to listen in. You guys will have some time if you're interested in the show. It's called The Angel at the Starlight Motel, as well as Adam's other podcast called Dating Kind of Sucks. But yeah, uh, Adam, it's time for you to also market the shit out of everything that you're doing right now. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. Where can well, we find uh, you? <laughs> you can find you can find all of my content uh, at avidable.com and avidable is really easy. It's just A V I Alpha Victor Indigo and the word table 
Really not that hard. Um, but uh, I am uh, I'm Adam Avitable on TikTok, which is uh, kind of one of my primary uh, social media networks right now, awesome. and uh, that I that I do a lot of work. And we have dating kind of sucks available everywhere, also on YouTube, and of course Angel the Starlight Motel. And I think that's probably all I really have to promote is you can find me on any of those uh, things. I, you know, I've, I'm a photographer. I have photography on Instagram, whatever. You can track down all of my social media. I don't care. I'm always um, like meeting new people because I'm a guy and my male privilege means that I can just welcome anybody in my life without, you know, fear of them being creepy. <laughs> that's so true, unfortunately, but yes. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm fully aware of that and I, I embrace that and, uh, and, and I, I feel bad that, that society is is as shitty as it is yeah, society is <laughs> fucking shitty oh my gosh but adam it was such a blast having you on thank you so much for chatting with me today it was so great and i hope everyone takes a listen of of both adam's podcasts there we've we've now said it a few times the angel at starlight motel and also dating kind of sucks and for us listeners here at Strip by Sia, it's new episodes every single Sunday at midnight. That's Pacific Standard Time. And you can find me on Instagram or Twitter. It's Strip by Sia or my personal on Instagram, which is Sia Stuff. And that's pretty much it for this week. Stay tuned for another episode next week. Thanks again, Adam. Thank you. This has been a blast. Thank you. Bye. Listening to Strip by Sia, hosted, produced, and edited by Steph Sia, artwork by Maria Bellandorama, music by Ted D, and photography by Ian Davern.